Hello and welcome to Spotlight On. I'm your host, Lawrence Purrier. Spotlight On is brought to you by Light, the technology platform reimagining e-commerce for live events. You can learn more about Light at light.com. That's L-Y-T-E.com. Today the spotlight is on jazz saxophonist and Detroit native Dave McMurray. Dave's discography is reflective of the musical melting pot he grew up in, playing with everyone from bluesman Albert King pianist Jerry Allen, and hell, even Kid Rock. Dave is most known for his longtime association with producer Don Was. He joins us today to talk about his new record, out July 16th, Grateful Dedication. The album finds the jazz master exploring the songbook of American music legends The Grateful Dead. The album features Dave, his band, and guest appearances from Betty LeVette and Grateful Dead co-founder Bob Weir, amongst many others. Our conversation was vexed by some technical gremlins which may creep in here. I'll ask your tolerance as you enjoy my conversation with one of the most positive, engaging people I have spoken with yet. Thanks so much. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing very good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. Cool. Uh, are you somewhere safe? And uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you. So where, for where, are you? Oh, God. where are you? Where are you located? I am in just New- south of Seattle. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I love um, that area. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's um, we're going through a um crazy heat wave up here right now. Unlike the weather up here is not normally this uh extreme, but it's it. I'll say it. It's beautiful though. Because <laughs> I, I, I saw it was like place that was a hundred. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> it's a lot yeah it's great it's great to meet you oh I'm super yeah excited. i appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> i'm really eager to uh to talk to yeah. you about the, the current project but um i was hoping maybe i could dial back in time a little bit and uh just talk to you a little bit about detroit okay, okay. oh for sure i'm <laughs> i'm born and raised in detroit <laughs> yeah I, I feel like i've been here forever you know <laughs> Yeah. Right, is yeah, that where it's, you're it's, still based? It's just a, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here because at a certain point, I couldn't. Pick, I didn't have a reason to leave because I traveled a lot. And then this was my home. So I just stayed in Detroit and I just made this my base. And I'm glad I did, actually. So it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's such a... It's and such and a, I watched it go up, down, and back up again. <laughs> and it's, it's back, huh? Detroit's back. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's it's doing pretty good. I mean, you know, the pandemic, everything is down now, but I it, it's definitely on the way up. I mean, over the last couple of years, it's been great. It's lots of new things. The music is flourishing. Lots of young musicians. You know, it's been it's it's been good. But you know, everything is just opening now. You know, again, you know, I think in two days it's going to open completely. Yeah, same thing here. Same so, thing here. <laughs> yeah. So, but Detroit is, it, but Detroit is, it, hopefully it could catch up quickly <laughs> after this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it leveled, maybe it leveled the playing uh, field for everybody. 
Yeah, it it kind of did. It it, it in in a in a lot of ways too, really. You know, but yeah, yeah, the music thing has been good because you know people. It's you're suffering in the sense that you can't going on the last couple of years. A lot of recording, a lot of music been going on. It, it seems like every musician I know is recording. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. When you were uh, when you were coming up, um, who were your guys? What were you listening to? What were you going to see? Such a melting pot there for music. Uh, yeah, it was when I but when I first was able to go to concerts, it would be everybody from Parliament Funkadelic to Miles Davis, Weather Report. You know, I was really kind of into progressive kind of things. And we had a lot of small venues that would bring in like Ornette Coleman, you know, and Elvin Jones were in the place probably held a hundred people. So I would be this close to him, you know, and I would, I would get in by setting up chairs. So I, I got a chance to see some great concerts and that, that was my music. Anything that was just kind of eclectic, slide the family stone, you know, just kind of, so you know, energetic music. I always liked that. Yeah. And Detroit is was cool because it had a jazz scene that was kind of creative, and it had a rock scene that's also creative. And then in the eighties, we we got the techno thing going on. So it was just like a great music, like of any time, any any kind was going on around here. You know. Yeah. When you were a kid yeah. and when you were coming up, were any of the uh, were any of those old cats still around? Like, were the Jones brothers around, or was Youssef Latif there? Like, did anybody still live there? Or did they all did they all leave? No, by that time they were all gone. They were all gone, but they still had their allegiance to Detroit, so I could see them. But it was a new crop of musicians who were from that. So we we had our mentors like uh, I don't know if you probably heard of yeah Marcus Belgrave. I don't know if you heard yeah, sure. of, but he was sure. a you know he played with Ray Charles and all these people, but. He was like a mentor to everyone. <laughs> it was a whole scene around here of that. So, you know, I was able to go play probably by the time I was 18, I was I was sitting in playing all over town, you know, just kind of because it was it was it was actually music everywhere at that time, you know. It it was just open, you know. Yeah. So that was a good creative point. But it's getting kind of like that now. That's what I was going to say, where it's a pop of younger musicians and younger creative musicians who are probably 20 that are good. I mean, you know, and they're taking on the jazz tradition or beyond. And, and that's a good thing. You know, that's that's that keeps the music growing, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, mm -hmm. So. I have to ask you about a couple of the folks you played with before I, before I, uh, I don't want to, I, you know, I want to do some justice to your, uh, your discography and your, and your, and your resume, um, before we talk about, uh, your sort of journey into Grateful Deadland. Um, could you tell me a little bit about working okay. with Jerry Allen? Jerry Allen. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. It was, it was funny because Jerry, when I met her, she was still in high school. And I was just, I was a couple of years older than her. So I, you know, I was in my, maybe my second year of college and she was as creative then, <laughs> you know, through her whole career, she was amazing. She was like writing music. And as soon as I met her, we just kind of just hooked up. So when, when she, you know, I knew she, everybody in town knew yeah. she had something special to give because we had a lot of great musicians. We had great feeling games, all, that, all those people were her contemporaries. It was like a lot of great musicians, but she was, she had something special because it was a, her own, you know, I mean, a lot of guys were trying to sound like uh, 
70s Herbie Hancock, you know, you know, because we had some great pianists. She didn't do that. She she had a tradition thing and she was fusing it with, you know, avant-garde. Her whole vision was like that. She was probably 17, 16, like that. And so it was great. Just We would just get together at one point. We got together every day and just playing music, playing some of mine, play some of her songs. And it was just amazing. So when she finally, she went to college and I knew she would, but I knew that once she got out of here, she wasn't going to come back. <laughs> you know, you, you already knew that. But when she came back, but when we did, we did one album and that was the music that we were nurturing for about two years to three years. With open, and it was called Open on All Sides. I think it was our second album for this label called Minor Music. It was excellent. And it, because it, it captured her whole spirit, her big horn section, you know, Mino playing percussion, you know, Steve Coleman, you know, and the whole Detroit crew. So it was like a kind of a melting of the M bass crew, because that's where she was kind of landed in New York. And then, that was fused with the Detroit guys because we actually played completely different, but we were playing her music. So we had lived, you know, we had lived with, I, I know I had, I had lived with her music, all that. So when we got the chance to record, it was like, it was great. And we did one tour <laughs> with the entire group, like with uh, three horns, percussion, vocals, and it was excellent, excellent, wow. you know. But of course she went on to be Jerry Allen. You know? <laughs> Incredible career. Incredible. Career. Yeah, I mean, excellent. And it's so crazy because we did a year before she died, she was, uh, at, and she did a concert with like a, just a wild Cassandra Wilson, Fred Wesley, me. It was just like an eclectic set of musicians. And she, you know, Ambrose, you know, and, and it was a different combination of people. And she just kind of presented us to do the things that known you to do through the years oh wow and and i had not seen her in a couple of years so it was just like a great thing you know we had such a fun time and i didn't know anything i didn't know you know i didn't know she was sick or anything you know but it was just a great time i walked we, we walked away it was like november and you know and then you know by the time in february you know, somebody called me and told me this, like, they didn't want anybody to know, but, you know, this is what's happening. But I didn't think, you know, you never think somebody's really going to pass, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah, she did. She did. But yeah, incredible talent. Yeah. Did I, did I read it correctly yeah. in your biography that you weren't necessarily intending to go to, into music or did you finish college just as a backup to music? Like, how were you thinking about career early on in your life? Not early on, I knew I was going to be in the arts of some type because, you know, I paint, you know, I write and stuff. So my, I knew I was going to be something. But, with, you know, when I went to college, I was going, my original was, thing was to go into music. But when I got there, it was like, well, you have to, you know, you're a horn player. You have to play a marching band. Like, I'm not playing in marching band. I mean, you know, it's like, I, it just wasn't my thing. Because when I got to college, I got around all these great musicians that were different. It was a great spot. So I just stayed in music. So I, the first year, I was just getting all my courses. And it got to be a thing where I'm in the music department, and the band director knows I'm not in the great band. He put me to the side and said, you know you're not going to get out of this without coming through me. You know, <laughs> you have to come through me. And I thought, 
you were right. I'm going to change my major. <laughs> and I changed it to music therapy. And, and so I did. I, I, I was going into that. And then my last year of college, they said, we're stopping the program. You have to go to Michigan State <laughs> to finish the program. And I'm like, what? No. So I changed my degree to psychology and urban studies. <laughs> wow. But I, I knew I was going to be a musician, you know, at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, but I did get a, you know, I was a teacher, you know, for a while. And then I became a, a mental health therapist. I did that for a couple of years. And then I just finally said, let me see if I can make it as a musician, you know, just go all the way. And yeah. hey, never look back, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. You said something a minute ago I wanted to uh, ask you about, which was, um, and I think I read it somewhere else, a quote from you. What, what is it about the Detroit musicians? Or like you said, we played differently than the New York guys. Like what, what's the Detroit crew bring to a sound that's different from another city? Well, I mean, the one thing I see, one of the qualities I see is we, where we place the music. Like Detroit was a place where people, you know, the South, when black people migrated up north, Detroit, they came to Detroit for, you know, the auto industry because they can go come and get a job and you have it. So a lot of migration came here, but they came with the down south, the blues, essentially, you know, I mean, that, the blues was positions around here, not blues per se, but where they place their sound on the beat. So New Yorkers, when they're in New York, the first thing, it's a natural thing. They really play on the beat. They're on top of it. So it's like really, no, it's just on it. Detroit musicians tend to, it's like behind the beat a little bit. It's a little more brassier. It's more, so you get James Carter. You get, you know, Joe Henderson. You know, people like, you know, Kenny Garrett. You know, they got this certain personality. J.D. Allen, he has it too. I mean, a lot of musicians, they... And it's, it's and you it's a, you know it's a Detroit thing for sure, <laughs> for sure. And that's kind of and I I kind of attribute it to you know the blues, but not blues per se, like the blues notes, not that, but just the sound of trying to get that real human sound. Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of the difference, you know. And if and, uh, some of the musicians, when you go to New York, you kind of adapt your way of playing. Like I found my way to when I would go there it would change my plan a little bit because I go, wow, okay, I hear where people are, so I want to bring what I have, but I got to get that, you know, get that kind of element. And you, it's a natural thing. You just start doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I attribute to the Detroit sound, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could imagine a band leader ordering up that sound, saying, yeah, I, need, I need a Detroit player. Yeah, because that's like, like when Yusef, Latif started playing with Cannonball Allery. It was that kind of thing. He he met Yusuf, and it, he it was something to different than what he was doing out west. Yeah, because Yusuf had that a uh, real typical Detroit sound. It was uh, like brassy and bluesy and big, big sound. And even though he can play bebop and all that, but it had that flair. And when Cannonball heard it, next thing you know, he joined the band. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I can, yeah, definitely. And it, and it, it kind of goes across Elvin Jones and all that. I mean, they have a certain drive, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they got it now. Like Kareem Riggins, he's a drummer. That's the, uh, the youthful age that, you know, out of Detroit. And he has that, that same kind of you know, it's a, a thing, you know, 
And that's the, I, I, that, you know, it's indescribable, but, but that's the Detroit style. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, did, did you get uh, to play with any of the old timers? Did you play with any of the Jones brothers or, you know, Yousef or any of those cats? Never, never. I never got close to Yousef at all. And I was, and he, influ- I mean, I, I met him, but you know, I was so young, you know, I was, you know, he was playing at in a real small venue and I'm like, I mean, it was amazing, but no, I didn't, I, I missed all those guys, you know, I, but I, the weird part is I would be, I just feel like I was right on the outside. And if I probably would have moved, <laughs> that's one thing I would have probably gotten. If I would have moved out of Detroit, I would have probably got closer to those musicians because that's what happens, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and that's all my friends who did move. They did. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's, it's super interesting to look at, um, I, it's crazy to look at the list of musicians from Detroit and see how many of them played, whether they went through the Coltrane bands or Miles's bands. And then I, I, I kind of look at the way your career has gone and you played with a lot yeah, of epic yeah. people as well. Like there's, there's no shortage of amazing records that you play on. It's really, it's, I, I think that um, I had no idea when I actually went through and looked at all the records. I was like, man, this guy played with everybody everybody it's incredible it's really incredible it, it was so funny well a lot of them were attributed to uh don helped you know certain points don was kind of helped out with a lot of that because he was producing people and i would go out west a lot so i would be you know that's a whole different scene than new york so it was yeah. but it was good it was good so i found myself going out there to work and then come right back home <laughs> before funny. I spend the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. How'd you meet Don? Did yeah. you grow up with Don or did you meet him in the scene? How did that come together? No, I, I kind of met him in the scene. He, uh, you know, at that time I had, I was, I had my own band that I was working with and then I was working with a group called real, real galaxy, and, you know, and just from, and I was, you know, I played with Jerry and Don was working in a studio that I knew about, but it was like a focal point studio. So I heard it just you know he he called my bass player he called him for a session we didn't know who don was what so when he did the session afterwards he said they did a punk rock session that's what he called it i said what what are you talking about he said it was new age it was different so i was like oh okay and, and the next thing i know he called me <laughs> for you know for the session so when i went you know went to the session he had a whole point of view he was like and then he would say i mean he was like don't play regular you know, like play like you play with, you know, you know, or Ned Coleman play, you know, play you like that. But I didn't hear the song anyway. So he played the grooves and I just been going crazy, you know, having a good time playing. And I, I played like a lot of them, the songs, but I didn't hear the whole song. And when I first, when I first heard the first album, I never had heard, I didn't know it was a song. I didn't know anything. It was amazing <laughs> when, he, when he finally finished it. And after that, me and him became tight. You know, I started playing in all of his groups and all that stuff, you know. But it was it was a good time because it, it anybody who comes to you and say, OK, so I want this to sound like uh, if Elvin Jones and Joe Henderson was playing with, you know, like, you know, Sid Vicious or something. I want to, you know, like something crazy. I want it to be a combination of this and this. And I was looking at it like, what? <laughs> That's crazy, but I like it. <laughs> you know, like I can, I'm the guy, you know, for yeah. that. 
It's almost like a film director. It's like a, it sounds like a film director given given that kind of direction to a musician. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool and really different. And then he happened to be a great bass player too. So and because he played, I mean, and he was one of those who went. He played jazz, and before that, he was in all the punk groups, being the lead guy and just being a whole personality. So it was two completely different things over here playing standards jazz standards and then over here you know into all the so his music you know is vast and mine is i'm like that too i just like every type of music you know it's just and that's why you know that's been a good relationship you know yeah yeah so prior to this record and don introducing you to weir what was your knowledge of the grateful dead the hits and the history of them, you know, because I would hear, you know, besides hearing the hit, I would, you know, hear a song because they were on the radio all the time. They got, you know, it would always be something I wouldn't even know was them. I mean, you know, they, they had a big tremendous. But then I would hear that Ornette Coleman played. And I'm like, Ornette Coleman? Wow. And then I heard David Murray played, you know, and I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's really different for a rock group instead of like a Clarence Clemens or something, you know, instead of going that way, they would go to the left side. And then when I heard Branford, I was like, I mean, and his was the most easily when I started hearing him and what he did, it was like, oh, he's being himself. I mean, you know, he can he's fitting himself in there. But yeah. that's all I would know, you know, but, you know, I would just research that. But I would just go, I got to get into this because I can't figure out how Ornette and David Murray fits into this. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, how, how do they fit into this drama, you know? <laughs> so I knew they had to have something to it. And the whole, San Francisco has a sound to me. And I like that sound because it was a, a sound that was kind of free, kind of, you know, you had people, uh, you know, like Slider Family Stone, you know, Santana, you know, you had this thing where they would stretch out. And that's what I would always attribute that to the San Francisco sound. I wouldn't, it might've been the whole West coast, but I, I would attribute to that, to that area opening. It seemed like a lot of music came out of there and it had that stretched out quality. And that's what I liked about it. That, which is why I like, you know, the dead music. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you didn't come across them in the seventies. You didn't, you didn't see them at, in the yeah. at the time. Never saw them, but I would, I, I knew some people that, would make the trek and you know, that would go to their gigs. And I just didn't understand it. I was just like, how, I mean, you know, like, how can you do, what, how do you do that? You know, why, why do you do that? You why? know, and, and that's intriguing when I started, I, but I did, I never had the answer to it. Cause I just knew it was something is, is, and it's odd now when I would hear things and, and see things like them with the cassette tape thing, you know, like they would encourage it. I remember when cassettes came in and they were like, ah, no, don't record the show because I would be one of those who would always have my cassette machine in my pocket, you know, where they wouldn't find it. And I, you know, I take Miles Davis, you know, but I'm not trying to sell it. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to listen to my, for myself. So when they, when I heard that they embraced it, I liked that. I was like, that's what I, I like that. They, they're doing it. And that ended up being a great thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of one of their keys, you know. <laughs> yeah. So did you listen to the other horn players 
the recordings who played with them? Did you listen to David Murray and Branford and, um, or did you like, you know, did you, did you go I back listened to, those? to Branford? Yeah. I, I, Branford. I, I listened to a lot of Branford now, but I, I didn't, I went to it now. I went to, um, David Murray, but I'm glad I didn't hear his record before I did it because <laughs> I didn't listen to what he did, but I knew he was playing, but I couldn't find what concerts those were. Yeah. So now I talked to someone last week and they gave me, they actually had it, had the concerts <laughs> that had Ornette on them. So I'm going to listen to them because I'm, I'm curious to see what it is, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, but I love what Brent, you know. I see how Brentford did it, you know, because his is the most easily visible, you know. Oh, and it was such a it fit. You you said it earlier. He fit. Yeah. It was just so lyrical his playing with them, and it seemed like, I mean, I just listened to it again recently, the first time he played with them, and uh, it's shocking how he just fell right in, and you could actually hear him listening. That's the thing. I could hear him listening. I could hear his playing get more yeah. intricate and interwoven as it went on because he was listening to what was going on. Right, right, right. Because you you have to learn you you have to get your get that space the right space you know I, and that's that's one of the first things I saw you know when in I, when I sat in with the uh, Wolf Brothers you know it was you know I was he, he, you know when he's describing it he, you know he's giving me just saying okay well check it out listen to it we might do this song we might do this song you know he didn't know what songs it would be so I went. And listen to, you know, a couple of them. And I listened to Bradford and I'm, you know, it's so funny when I was listening to it, I just, it was just like, okay, I, I'm nervous because I wouldn't know where the verse was and, you know, where the course was going to come because it wasn't normal. You know, it would be because it's like live shows. So it might be short before they get, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be like, but you know like it's gonna be difficult you know but it's gonna be fun but one day i was just driving with the music just driving and not really you know just driving and then it it hit me it just hit me like this is it this is they do what they want <laughs> they're doing what they want to do they go they know where they are they go to the verse when they want if they didn't have to the verse they might be a guitar solo might be short might be long might be in then I loved it. It was just like, not, this is like weather report. This is like Miles Davis to me. It's like you know, I it just turned because I I like groups like so I remember Soft Machine, all these kind of groups like that. I, I used to listen to that because they were you know like Claude's Doldinger. They were like long records with I mean, instrumental, but they were long. But it just hit me, and when I played them, it was a, it's it's magical. You know, just just when I played the Wolf Brothers, I mean, it's space that you don't you know they're not boom, killing them with a you know solo like that it's like conversation it's like listening you know and that's why Bradford was like he's listening you know and each time I, I can t I listen to a lot of them now and I know he would find his space more and more you know <laughs> he would get it like yeah I know what this is you know yeah. Yeah. but yeah it's, it's, it's been an adventure already and I'm just you know I look at it I'm getting ready to jump go, you know we're going to do some you know start working with it so I'm, I'm excited about it, you know, just to get in front of the audience and just see, you know. Yeah, That's what I wanted to ask you. Are, are, are you going to play those songs live? Is it going to be in the, you're going to, you're going to tour the record basically? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. I've, I've been throwing them in for the last few months. I mean, like, I, Dark Star was my the first one I recorded. And it goes, it's been going over great no matter what the audience is. You know, if they know what it is, they know immediately, which is kind of why, I, you know, I've picked some of the songs because, you know, as soon as you hear the intro, you know, that's Dark Star, if you're a fan, you know. And if you're not, you're still intrigued because it holds you. But it would work. And when I did it in jazz club, you know, and like the festival, it worked. And it's like, that's the mark of a, their songs. That's what the magic is of those songs, really, you know. Yeah. The thing I wanted to ask you about, um, you started to address it, but um, when I was listening to the record, uh, the, that breakdown in Dark Star, man, you guys, I, I made me, the first thing I thought was, man, I got to see this live. <laughs> uh, it, it, and it's, it's such a fun song because people, I, I watch, I look at people and they, they're like hypnotized. Yeah. You know, and that's the, it's the music, you know, I mean, because we would, and, and we, when we recorded that in the studio, we did the first, you know, we, we, just in the rehearsal, we rehearsed the song down and I, I was trying to keep it straight like the single was and then go from there. And so, you know, we rehearsed it and got it, got it tight like, like we wanted. And I said, okay, tomorrow we go in the studio. And then I said, we're going to stop and then I'm going to count it off. And then we're gonna go. And they said, "Go where? What are we gonna do?" I was like, "I'm not. I'm not only want to rehearse it. I just want to play it." <laughs> so when we got in the studio, we did it. You know, we finally got the good take, and we got it. And everybody looked at each other like, "Wow, that was good." And then I, I said, "Count it off." They counted it off, and then they started playing. And I said, "Hold it, hold it, hold it." I said, "You know, make it minor." And then they looked like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do." I said, "So count it off again." We did it. Counted it off. And they played it just like that. They played the parts. It went all the way to the end. And I was like, that was magical right there. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I like it. It was, it was great, you know. And that set the tone. That was the first song we recorded. That's so that kind of set the tone for it, you know. Yeah. How'd you Very pick cool the other tracks? Well, I would kind of go song after song. I go, after I do one, I go, okay, let me find one that's fast. Okay, let me find one that's this. You know, let me just, and so I just start listening to all the music. I go from one album, and then when I hear a song I like, I mark it, you know, and, you know, I just mark it, because there's a lot I didn't get to. I mean, a couple of my, like, I cut China Cat Sunflower, and I'm going to definitely play it live, but then I was trying it with a trio first. I, like, I tried these songs with, like, just the three pieces first, and I was like, nah, let me go do it. I'm going to do it again, and so we went in, like, with the group, that group added to two pieces and it just worked out so each piece i go after I do that i go okay now i need one like this <laughs> then i find a song like that now i need one with the melody like you know up front okay now i need a dark song you know and i just kind of went through until it, you know i was there you know till i was satisfied with the 10 i picked you know yeah yeah and uh how about betty levette how did that come about i mean that's like First of all, just to tell the listeners, so Losers, the first single that you guys put out, you put out a beautiful video and uh, a vocal performance from Betty LeVette for the ages, man, for the ages. Uh, she, she is she is incredible. See, and, and she's from Detroit, but I didn't know her. But we know so many people. In, you know, she knows every musician, you know, around here because she uses only, you know, Detroit musicians a lot. Yeah. But uh, when we first when I, I knew I was going to have a vocal song on the record, I was like, well, I'm going to have my guy, Sweet P. Atkins from uh, Wasn't I Was, you know, because he's got the character. And so ended up, you know, untimely, he passed last year. Mm. 
So at that point, I was like, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to do now as far as male vocalist. And I was like, what about a female? It's like, yeah, mate, that would be different. And then I just was talking about it with my manager. And then we went back and she said, what about Belly the Bed? I said, wow, that would be great. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I kind of molded around and then we were listening to music. And then she had a calling where she was talking to Don Wood. And then she kind of mentioned it like, oh, you know, the story. And then he said, you know, well, what about Betty LeVette? And then that was the magic right there. She was like, oh, okay, you mentioned it. <laughs> we all mentioned it. Let's try to make it happen. You know, didn't know how it was going to happen, but we just went about and it, it worked. You know, it, it, she, she said she would do it. And it was, you know, funny with the story because we picked the song and then she would say, what do I know about this? <laughs> what do I know about playing you know but once you know we explained it to her and got her into the story she said oh yeah I'm kind of like Calamity Jane yeah <laughs> and when she did the vocal you know when I heard it I, my mouth fell open <laughs> you know how she interpreted the lyric yeah. it's great you know <laughs> yeah. yeah she really got inside the melody on it it's great yeah it's yeah she she really did she was re really feeling it and then but when I Finally, you know, we were in person, you know, she, we ended up, we clicked already on the phone, but, you know, when we finally got there, you know, and it fit, we just clicked immediately. That's why it's like, well, you know, great, just because she, she's, she's, she's a real person. I put it that way. <laughs> I don't know if you've met her, but yeah, she's, nah. she's like she sounds. <laughs> she's, a, she's one of the last shows I saw before yeah. COVID, actually. I saw her. Um, at a little uh, sort of supper club here with um, just her and a pianist. And it was. Oh, that's cool. Crushed it. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's really incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and how about working with Bobby? What was, uh, what was it like to work with, you know, one of the sources uh, of all this? Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's just a great guy. He is. So had Terrence Blanchard playing, you know, we had some, some guest musicians. And uh, we did one of his songs, Days Gone By. And um, when I first, you know, and I was looking for a recording of it, I couldn't find the recording, but I had what he had given me and the music. And just looking at the music, we were like, wow, this is a hard <laughs> song. How are we going to do this? You know, because the chart looked, you know, like three, four bars. And, you know, like it was just an odd song. And I was like, wow, this is going to be, you know, like a wild song when we do it. We went, we did the first rehearsal. And the rehearsal was amazing. It was just like the first thing. We were just trying it, just trying to find our way through it. It was great. And I was like, when we do this gig, it's, I can feel like this might be amazing right here just because the way it was set up. And when we did it the next day, it was like in the afternoon, you know, it's, it's daylight. People were hypnotized. And that's, uh -huh. it, you know, by the song, because it was just like, it was long, long, real long form. You know, song. I don't know if you know that song, but it's it's like real long. But it went incredible. So, but he he was such a great guy. I mean, he was just like different. I expect him to be one way, and he's not. I mean, you know, he was friendly. It kind of what's the word? Continental. In a in a way, you know what I mean. He's like regular, regular, but you know, good. I mean, he's. It's like, I, I like people, you know, when you meet somebody, you want somebody to be, you know, not like a, not a jerk. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, not you want them to be like that. You know, be themselves, have a character, but be themselves. And he was he was definitely that. You know, he was you know he's just like what I wanted him to be. You know. Yeah, it's interesting how you know he's, so he's I'm, really I'm definitely like the keeper of that song. Forward to he is. Yes, because they they've been ready to go out for months <laughs> yeah. with the with Dead and Company. I was like, wow, that's a a real tour. <laughs> it's a real tour, yeah. But we're we're gonna do some. Uh, I'm, I'm my my first gigs are on twenty uh, first and twenty second out in Colorado Springs, mm. and then we go to Colorado, and then we're just gonna try to make the West, you know, make it make some moves out there. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and we're gonna try to do some after shows with dead and company too. So, you know, we'll, oh, nice. we'll see. <laughs> so you'll start it's to see some different good, faces actually, in the crowd. So far as that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. You know, the major difference is, is when, you know, when you're playing in the jazz club, people are sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing this is a whole different ball game, you know? So I'm, I'm anxious about that with people. They're standing up being energetic with your music. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. You know, so I, so I'm expecting a definite and expanded audience or a different audience. Yeah, know? yeah. We're gonna get you up here to Seattle. Yeah. We are coming there, and and but you you would probably know the venues I should play in, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I I because I, I'd love to. We're gonna try to. Hit, I'm ready to work. The band excited. We like you know, learn the music and other, of course, other music you know that they have. And uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. That's great. That's great. Yeah, we got to get you up here. I'm looking forward to seeing the show myself. Um, well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna edit around any of the uh, the technical glitches we had, and I'm uh, I'm sorry okay. about that. Um, but uh, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> we'll make you look as good as you are. <laughs> that, oh, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> I got to tell that, you that'll be easy to do. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you one other thing though. You maybe you'll get a laugh out of this. When I watched the video uh -huh. for Loser. And then I knew I was uh -huh. going to be talking to you. I was like, man, that guy's a bad son of a gun, man. Like, I, I was kind of afraid. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was like, man, he's was, a tough mug, looking. man. <laughs> right. It's like, am I looking too mean? No, I'm not. No, I, as, you, as you see, I'm a smiley guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I got to watch myself yeah. with this guy. <laughs> Oh no, I'm one of them. I like to have fun, you know. I, I, you know that uh, even on the gig, I like to have fun. Even if I'm not talking a lot, I like to have fun, and I think I put that put that spirit out there, you know. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to live, you know. Good, well, listen, thank you for uh, for sharing the music. I think I love your take on it. I think people are going to really dig it. Thank you for oh, sharing cool. your thank energy, you. and. Uh, I'm glad to hear you made it through COVID in one piece, and I can't wait to see how. Oh going. yeah, yeah, because I know a few friends who didn't. So this this is a good time with it with it opening up. I'm feeling excited. I I did a a gig this weekend, and uh, wow, it was so good. It wasn't even a money thing. I just felt great just playing with people. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. How was it? Did it go all right? It went excellent. It was it's it was sold out as many people as they can get in there, but the, it went great, and we. Of course, I threw four songs in there, and they went over great. So, oh, that's great to hear. so and and I wasn't really kind of you know you could it's it's not available yet, so I wasn't trying to just like force it down their you know throats or something. But it was fun, <laughs> you know, just getting it going. So yeah. So we have a our release party is on the uh, on the 18th of July. So after that, we're off and running. 
That's great, man. That's great. Well, uh, break a leg with that. We're gonna we're gonna run this episode probably the week the record comes out, so it's all happening at the same time. I'll be listening. I can't wait to hear it. And all thank right. you too, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, of course. And uh, Dave, be well, stay safe, okay. and uh, enjoy playing the music. Thank you so much, Dave McMurray. Don't forget to scope out his new album, Grateful Dedication. Thank you, Ann Taylor and the team at Light. And as always, thank you for listening to Spotlight On. Get and share all of our past episodes, write a review, even send us a message through our website, spotlightonpodcast.com. Join us again next week. In the meantime, be safe and stay in touch. Thank you.